Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college shooters do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it is a Friday. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, check out RayandTayToday.com. Tweet at us at RayandTayToday. Your email is RayandTayToday at gmail.com. Busy show. Towards the end, we'll get to our NFL picks. We'll start off with some stuff and some college football picks, but we got our guest Ed Gogo Lovelace. Gogo Ed Lovelace, man, a sports trainer who is all about speed. Ray, let's get into it. First, a big RIP to Joe McKnight, former USC and New York Jets running back. Seems like it was an incident in Louisiana with road rage in the car, and it's just very sad and devastating. Shot three times and killed. And we're still waiting, right? The guy was released, so we got to find out what's going on there, Will right? Smith, that, that too. One. Not a year ago, Will Smith, same thing. Oh. What's happening in New Orleans down there with the road Stand race? your ground. It's down there. Stand your ground there in, in, in Florida, these states, man. they got to stop all this shooting, homie. But, uh, you know, listen, we got to get to our picks. Before that, real quick, NBA last night. First, Cavs are going to the Bulls tonight. You saw LeBron lost his bet to his friend D-Wade where the Chicago Jubs jersey chicago cubs uniform that was hilarious awesome that's a big jersey on a big guy <laughs> but i gotta ask you the Cavs lose two in a row jr the incident with the bucks not knowing he's on the court and then the clippers put it on them right where do you think the Cavs, where their head is not a big deal but i know lebron doesn't like those type of losses and then your thoughts on russell westbrook four triple doubles in a row James Harden, it's like the battle for the MVP, right? James Harden, triple-double, but put it on the Warriors last night, getting busy. And I felt like there were some chinks in the Warriors' armor with Durant what going one for three in the first overtime and then 0 for four in the second. What are you thinking? Cavs, Warriors, what's going on right now, Ray? Nothing to be worried about. I know you get fired up. You're the type of guy that gets fired up on preseason. But don't get don't oh, worry. The Cavs have nothing to worry about in the East except themselves. So as long as they don't self-destruct and implode, they'll be fine. So they lost two in a row. No big deal. It's actually good, I think, in the long run for them to lose a few games. If they win 65-70, they'll be fine. Uh, the Warriors, you know what? This Clippers team is the one team that athletically can and size-wise can out-rebound and out-big your Golden State Warriors and can give them a run for the money. Now, we both predicted Cavs Warriors in the finals, and I don't see any reason to think otherwise, but don't worry. Warriors are fine. One issue the Warriors have, though, real quick, one issue the Warriors have, they still have got to find a way. I think Steph Curry needs to be the closer in terms of end of the game, big shots. Durant is great, and it's easier for him, to, for him to get his shot, but I think Curry's a little bit more clutch. Speaking of clutch, 
college football playoff. Let's get to the games, the predictions. It's going to be Sunday, I think, ESPN 2, 12 o'clock. Ray, I am excited, and I want to find a way that Michigan could get into this thing at number five. But the first game tonight, 9 p.m., Fox, Brady Quinn is doing a game. Colorado, number eight, and number four, Washington. My pick, I think it's too much Ross, it's too much Gaskin, and it's too much Jake Browning. 40 touchdowns, Ray. Colorado's got the 13th-ranked defense. They're tough. Their quarterback is tough. And I think they match up well. They have got, uh, I guess, juniors and seniors in, in, in the secondary. But I think Washington's got a good defense and a little bit more talent. And I think it's just the time. This sophomore quarterback, he will throw himself probably second or third in the Heisman with a big win and probably put Washington into the college football playoff. If it's close, it's a debate, I think, maybe because of their week of schedule. But I say how about 27-23, Washington beats Colorado. Very entertaining game. Pac-12 champs. I can't argue with that. Washington's the better team. Colorado looks pretty good. They snuck up on people last five games, Stanford, UCLA, Arizona, Washington State, Utah. I mean, these are all pretty decent Pac-12 teams. Pac-12 is down a little bit, not quite the Stanford and Oregon of, of the last five years, right? But Washington's too much. I think that offense is just too much. Now, Colorado can put up some points, too, now. Everybody thinks about Browning. But you know what? This Colorado offensive team is pretty darn good themselves. So I think it will be a shootout. But ultimately, in the fourth quarter, Washington pulls away. I think they win fairly easily, though. I think they'll go – I think it'll be a high-scoring game. I'll say 33-27, Washington. Now, Saturday – this is the only one that's not an official championship game, but you talk about outside shot, but both these teams and Oklahoma State especially, because they should only have one loss, have a serious gripe for the Big 12 you know, title, number 10 against number 9, Oak State against Oklahoma, and I think potentially second or third in the Heisman, Baha'i Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, and I think D.D. Westbrook will be fifth. They'll have two guys that might get to New York if they bring five. I think Oklahoma wins a shootout, but Oklahoma State is talented and they're legit, but it's in Norman Ray. And I think this uh, Bedlam matchup, Oklahoma and Baker and, you know, Ryan and Nixon at the end of the day is too much posse. I'll say uh, 34-30, Oklahoma beats Oak State. You know what? I'm going to go the other way. I'll go – I'll say that Oklahoma State's played great, right? I mean, all year – I'm 40. Remember the coach? I'm 40. I'm a man. man. (laughs) But they have that loss. They have that that second loss to Central Michigan that was a real killer on their schedule. The committee might take that in consideration, though, because they got jerked. It was the wrong call. It was the wrong call, and they should be in contention. They should be a one-loss team in contention. And because of that, I'm going to say go, Cowboys, go. T. Boone Pickens is going to be proud of his boys, and I think they're going to do it. I like Rudolph and Hill, Washington. I love your boy Baker Mayfield. I always have. But you know what? Have you seen the numbers that that this kid Rudolph is putting up? I mean, they're better than Baker Mayfield, right? Mason Rudolph, that's your guy. He's the MVP. He's gonna fight. Hill's gonna score one on the ground, and you know maybe Washington, James Washington in, in the air. So I actually like Oklahoma State. In this game, I'll take them 24-21, 
Go Cowboys. Clemson, number three, against number 23, Virginia Tech. Va Tech, who has been scrappy all year and find, find themselves in this position. I only question I have is, is it the good Deshaun or the bad Deshaun? He hasn't been as consistent this season. They put a lot of guys in the pros, but I think Clemson's defense will find a way to step up, and I think they don't blow out Virginia Tech the way some people might think. I think this one's going to be 26-17, I guess, you know, nine points. 26-17, I take Clemson. And Deshaun will do enough that he gets invited to New York. And some people think if he has a great game, he could steal it from Lamar. I don't, but um, that, that's, I got ACC champs, Clemson doing What month are we in? December. That means Deshaun Watson steps up his game. He was the best player on the field last year in the national championship game by far. He's ready. He's pumped. He's psyched. He wants to show that the 11-1 and Tigers can go back-to-back to national championship games. First thing you've got to do is win this game. I think it's going to be a blowout of epic proportions. I think Clemson Ooh. is going to put it on the Hokies. I'm talking big, big, big offense. I'm going to say 41-13. Giving me Clemson epic. Tigers. Maybe it's not really? epic, but it's definitely okay. huge. I like committee 
should do, could do, wants to do, doesn't want to do. Number six, Wisconsin, against number seven, Penn State. The Nittany Lions are back in the elite of college, college football, which is kind of shocking. Give James Franklin credit. Look, a lot of people love Wisconsin in this game and their defense. Um, for some reason, I just like Penn State. I think they see the light. I think they're hungry. I don't like Wisconsin's offense. I don't trust, you know, the quarterback, Hornbake. And I, I just – Hardy Brooks, you don't like day, him? That's my dog. <laughs> his, statistically, uh, his numbers aren't great, but I, I think he's got some moxie to him. He does. He definitely has moxie. But I think what Penn State has got is some guys that are – you know, kind of that Ohio State win kind of impressed me. Now the Penn State, I mean, of course, uh, your boys, um, Wisconsin impressed me all year with their defense. But besides Ohio State and Michigan and keeping it close, they they didn't really play any dynamic teams. I think Barkley with his 15 touchdowns, he's going to put that up to 17. And I think in a crazy defensive battle, Penn State will be able to you know just move it enough, get their first downs. Franklin will, you know, throw in some trick plays. And I think Penn State ever so closely is going to beat Wisconsin 17-13. Penn State wins the Big Ten championship and throws utter confusion in the fact that they will not make it into the college football playoff even though they beat Ohio State. And I say Bama 1, Ohio State 2, Clemson 3, Washington 4. And I wish Michigan would be in there, but I just think they don't Are get in. Are you saying Washington. you're avoiding total chaos, no mass confusion? Mass confusion, yes, so I So I'm going to say so we've got the opposite on three games now. Because okay. I'm going to take the Wisconsin Badgers. I'm going to say Ooh. that the Nittany Lions peaked. I'm going to say that Ohio State was their bowl game. They'll definitely get to a good bowl game. But the Badgers, for some reason – that defense, that defense is allowing 13 and a half points a game. I just think they'll be able to shut down Penn State. It'll be a tight game. And you know what? Penn State's not ready. They don't know how to play in a Big Ten championship. Franklin is, is a relatively new coach to the big time. I mean, he played in the SEC, coached in the SEC in Vanderbilt, but that's obviously, you know, sort of a second-tier oh, SEC no. team. Yeah. He's not ready. Penn State's not ready for this Wisconsin Badgers defense. So I think the Badgers win in a smash-mouth Big Ten championship game, low scoring like you have it. I just have Wisconsin on the other side. So I'll say Wisconsin wins 17-13. to 13. Is that the same score that you had? Yeah, 17-13. Yeah, I'm going to say just the opposite. Wisconsin and 17. And what's your final four? Penn State what's 13. your final four? Sunday so at noon before the NFL. So if that plays out that way, the one team that's going to be unhappy is Wisconsin. So the only thing that gives you some solace is that Ohio State beat Wisconsin, right? So, I, I like you, I have Alabama undisputed number one, even if they lose, right. because they have to go down to Atlanta playing a peach bowl. It would, it would be un, unheard of if, if any other outcome happened. Ohio State is <laughs> the second best team in the country, and they're number two. I think Clemson shows well, and they're three. And the only one that's up for grabs is Washington. And I think they do enough 
to to beat out uh, an Oklahoma State team that should only have one win, uh, sorry, one loss, but have two, and a Wisconsin team that lost to Ohio State and, you know, squeaks by Penn State. So I'm going to say same four. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State, I'm sorry. You lost that game, and it's tough. But the, the one the one saving grace is there's no two lost teams in there. So Oklahoma State can still but, look at the But let me ask you Europe. this, though. Who, if, if, if we're being honest, who do you think, because it's all about who can beat Michigan, who do you think between Ohio State, Clemson, Washington, and Michigan, two through five, who is the best matchup? to beat Alabama? Well, ironically enough, it might be Washington. <laughs> it might be Washington. Yeah. You might need a team that can Because score. of the quarterback, yeah. Now, I think, I, I think Michigan's the best team, uh, potentially, of all the, not, the teams not named Alabama, right? They lost Ohio State barely on the road. Yep. They dominated on the, the road. game for the most part, right? So you could argue Michigan's the best, second-best team in the country. I'm just not sure that Jim Harbaugh can out Saban Saban. You know what I mean? So you would need a team that's completely opposite. You'd need a team like Clemson last year that Deshaun Watson puts up 400 yards, puts up five touchdowns, is the best player on the field, and I think that guy might be Browning. So to me, that's the only reason why I give a slight nod to Washington because they might actually make it interesting. Otherwise, I think Alabama just roll tide. Roll. All right, looks I, like we I got a caller. Okay. Let's punch him in here. Hello, is this Go-Go? This is Go-Go Ed Lovelace. Go-Go Ed Lovelace. How are you? Welcome hey. to Ray and Tay today. I'm Ray. And I'm Tay. Hey, How you doing, man? What's up? Good, good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks oh, it's oh, on the show, man. It's our pleasure. <laughs> Welcome to Ray and Tate today. We'd like to talk some sports. Now, first of all, let's 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 let you introduce yourself and right. you are the man with, with the speed, the fusioneering. So tell everybody what Ed <laughs> Go Go Lovelace is all about. Alright. So um I'd like to say I start off by uh like I teach speed. Sometimes I sell it, which starts interesting conversations sometimes. So they go into how much or whether, where, you know. <laughs> On the street once, corner once or is it indoors? <laughs> yeah, indoor, outdoor corners, you know, speed. We sell it. We sell it one mile an hour at a time. That's what we usually start with. And then, uh, you know, they, you know, once we get past that and people go, okay, so for real, for real, like, so what's the speed thing, for real? And I'm like, yeah, I, I teach it. And they're like, well, you can't teach speed. And then I tell them, well, whoever said that never ran fast. And that breaks the ice. And then uh, we get into it. So instead of just saying speed, uh, I have this thing called fusioneering I came up with because I just didn't want to be called a trainer. And uh, I do something unique that basically turns into cold cash as it relates to sports. Because what drives sports is speed, arm speed, bat speed, leg speed, 40 time. Uh, puck speed, yeah. uh, golf golf club speed. It's just endless. So, so Ed, tell yes, us how you got is. into it. I mean, I know you started as a, as a track. You're from New York, from the New York area. Yep. You, I remember yep. you telling us that you are uh, you're grew up with Rob Moore, Syracuse, Jets fame. But you're, you're a track guy. So, so tell us how you yep. became fast yourself and how you turned yep. the science of speed into a career. Yeah. Well, uh, it wasn't like a true businessman thing at first. Uh, so my background, uh, 
I was trained by some of the best people on planet Earth, literally, so say the numbers and the Olympic stuff. So my coach was Norm Tate. He was ranked number one in the world. He was my high school coach. And, you know, I just was fortunate and blessed that Hempstead High and Rob and I, we, we talked about Rob more, we, uh, we played sports at Hempstead High, which at the time was a powerhouse on Long Island. And uh, oh, yeah, Tate was there as a coach. Yeah. You know, it was kind of big-time sports. Like, if, 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 if Texas sports were ever in New York, it was at Hempstead High School. It was serious business, you know. A lot of, yeah. lot of man-children and, you know, a lot of real tough dudes. And uh, I happened to have Coach Tate as the coach, and he was, like, ranked first in the world, 68 Olympian, with all the fellows that put their hands up. And, you know, it created history, and he's one of those. So with that, I got that information daily. And – Went on. I ran really, really fast and learned that I was a, a tall sprinter, long leverage sprinter, and I ran the 100, 200. I hated the four, but I ran it. And then uh, that got oh, me yeah, south. I like the four and eight. Across the United States. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I hated those races. Eight I never ran, but the four, yeah. They called it the man's race. But, uh, yeah, got a scholarship, and I could have went anywhere, and I chose Arizona State. And, uh, oh, okay, that's where I'm. I'm out here. I transplanted, transplanted to uh, Scottsdale, so I'm right by ASU. Oh. That's awesome, man. They got oh, a great program. Is, yeah, right, yeah, right up, right up, right up the road, Scottsdale Road. And, okay. You know what? What's pivotal, man, is you know being a, a, a kid from New York City in a city. You know, you look up to all the kids in Cali and Florida, and you just think, man, you know, they're so good and they're just so much better. And with my coach, I learned all this stuff, and I wound up being, you know, one of the top sprinters in the United States, and I found myself competitive, so it built confidence. And then when I got out at the time, the Pac-10 started rolling with guys, I mean, big-time guys that were, like, ranked in the world, and I was able to hold my own, and I found out just how important and how superior the information I got from my coach, and it went anywhere in the world. And that's kind of how I got on and got fast, and then it just kept – perpetuating itself, you know what I mean? No, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, so tell our audience a, a little bit about, I mean, how does a track guy who learns huh? speed, how do you then transfer that to different sports and different athletes, right? Because you would think yeah. track is on one side of the spectrum, and let's say baseball, which you're very involved in, is on the other side of the spectrum. Right. So what happens is, it's, thankfully for me, it's not so obvious so you go, oh, yeah, you train track. So a baseball guy goes, well, you never played baseball, which I did. I played all sports. But they go, well, you ran track, and you ran at a really high level. What's that got to do with quarterback? And what's that got to do with golf club speed? What's that got to do with a bat speed or pitching velocity? So it's very simple. Here it is. And, you know, drum roll, oh, the world's listening. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? What happens is, our world of Olympic-level track and field gets a title, and that title is whoever the dude is. He's, it's always going to change, but right now it's Bolt. So we get the title, the world's fastest man. Serious business, because the world, the world says that guy is the world's fastest human on planet Earth. That's a serious title. And then the oh, dudes yeah. that run against, you know what I'm saying, like it's unrefutable. Like the time speaks it. Whatever it is now is, what, 958? No one on planet Earth has ever run that fast. So you get the title. Nine other guys that run against that guy. So those those men are the world's fastest men. Same thing goes for women. But the world's fastest man is his his piece. He is the benchmark for speed for human beings for the planet Earth. So this is a conversation about human beings, not a sport. Because last I checked, I hope everybody's playing a sport is a human. 
So they fall underneath our world because this is what's up. Not evident, but we that run 100 meters and all the 100-meter sprinters out there, shout-outs to everybody on the straightaway, it was this. We run miles per hour, but no one knows. So distance divided by time, you get a number. So that's miles per hour. So Bolt and then whoever else he ran against, you know, you're running like 28 miles an hour. So what happens is they go, well, how does that have to do with ball velocity or pitcher velocity? Well, hey, last I checked, the gun is measuring miles per hour. So what we do is we take what I do, I'm like, and, and it sounded crazy at first because people were like, man, you'll get a job, straight up, I was told. And <laughs> I just took it upon myself, and I was like, you know, let me try this out. First I started making guys run faster, the 40 for NFL stuff, that was easy. And then the 60, that was easy. A guy's from like 6'9 to 6'2 in a couple of months. No big deal. So then I was like, you know what? This miles per hour thing should translate into pitchers because they get governed by miles per hour. So let me freak it. And I took this one kid. He's a lefty. He was throwing like 88 four workouts. I got him to like 92. Drafted Angel sixth round. Made some money. And he came to me, and he was like, we believe in what you do. You think you can make me throw any faster, like 93, 94? And knowing the sprint stuff, I didn't even give him anything. So I was like, if you listen to what I tell you to do, you're going to throw some crazy heat. And that year, he went on to make the Futures team, the all-star team, first youngest pitcher ever to make the Futures team. And he made USA. They were going to call him up when the unfortunate uh, instance happened with Aiden Hart, right? Um, so they were going to call him up. They didn't put him on USA. The kid currently holds a world record for strikeouts for America with 11 Ks against Chinese batters. Kid hit 96 miles an hour. And that's when I knew it. Wow. So then, yeah, so, so me, it worked. Uh, no, no, go ahead, guys. Yeah, so it worked. And then the trickle down is like, I, I know that was a lefty. And I took the model because you definitely don't get props if you, yeah, yeah, I trained Michael Jordan. Yeah, 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 I trained Derek Jeter. You'd be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> They're already who they are. So the logic was, I want to take an underdog or what the, what, you know, suspects in baseball. I want to take suspects and make them into prospects. And what happens is, I torpedo what's going on. Instead of looking at lists for looking for dudes, I just go find a dude and make him a dude. Make him run fast, make him throw fast, and that model worked, and it translated to these cross-checkers and scouts and organizations, and ultimately it came down to this. Yeah, 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 he's tall, or maybe his uncle's like a gangster or something, so we're not going to draft him. And then when they go, well, how fast does he run? Well, he runs 6'2". Whoa. Well, how fast does he throw? He throws 98. You know what? Who cares about his uncle? Everybody's got somebody in the family that's a gangster. So you know what? We're going to draft him first round and keep it moving. And that's how the business started, you know? That's how it started. So uh, that, that is amazing. But I, I, I want to get specific. Well, first, let me ask you this, because I used to run track in yeah. high school, and we were uh, yeah. 1989 uh, Manhattan Borough champions and stuff. Now, do you nice. prefer, when you talk about the 100 or the 200, I did 4-8, triple jump, and long jump. But when you talk about the 100 or 200, do you have a preference? Do you like the relays in the 100 or in the 400, stuff like that? And in terms of a strategy, do you also incorporate that with, let's say, a track runner in terms of how you would teach them to increase speed for a relay team compared to just an individual runner? Okay, good question. Well, first, track is my first love. I just, you know, yeah. it's, it's a tough sport out there. It's tough, but I love it nonetheless. And running is running. And then what, what the things you named, just like you got, you have, I don't know, you got a James Brown song, you got a waltz, you got some other ballad. Those are rhythms. So 
So everything you named has a rhythm. 100 meters has a rhythm. 200 has a rhythm. 400 has a rhythm. Relay has a 100-meter rhythm, but it's different because you're dealing with other individuals, so you have to sync with their rhythms. So the deal is you have to identify what it is you're running. Like 400, those guys are, you know, they're sprinters. They may not be able to get down with 100-meter guys, but a lot of times they have the capability, the leg speed nowadays. So they're kind of like hybrids. 400, I mean, 800 and up, that's out of the conversation. No sprints going on. So <laughs> there's no separate training. You're just training for rhythms. And a sprinter is probably the most dynamic athlete out there because he can go long. If he's a real sprinter, a sprinter can go long and he can go short. That's the beauty of the sprint. So nothing separate. It's just training for the different rhythms and just you apply it when it's time to apply it, if that makes sense. No, no, definitely. So I want to ask you this, though. Give us a sample. You know, just you don't have to go so crazy and give away your secrets, but give us a sample of your workout and, you know, if, pick one sport. Let's just say if it's the baseball player and, and he really wants to, not the pitcher, but a guy who, you know, maybe he gets doubles, triples, a little bit of power, but he wants to say, I, I want to be able to steal 20 bases a year. So how do you increase that speed? And is it a different workout from any other sport? Just uh, explain us, like, what type of workout does he do? Right. Well, the beauty, and that's a great question. When you, if you say you come to the workout, and you'll let's say you got ten guys there, you won't see a ball, a glove, a lacrosse kick, a football, a football helmet, because they're not coming there for the sport. They're coming there for the speed. So you won't know what 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 kind of athletes there. And there's a special time of the year where all the sports are off and they can all convene. I had to figure that out. So at the workout, you might have a lacrosse dude, a football dude, a baseball dude, do, even pitchers doing the same thing because I've never thrown a curve in an MLB game. I've never been drafted, so I can't talk about the application of a curve or hitting an inside fastball. None of my business. I just make whatever it is you do go fast. So it's really you're taking sprint stuff and you're taking the algorithms and the numbers that allow a guy to run fast, we call them force protocols, and I apply it to them. And it's watered down because they can't do the Olympic level or world-class sprinter level stuff with it. They knock their heads off. So when you come to a workout, everybody's doing the same thing. So that's the beauty of it. So it's encrypted so nobody can steal the stuff. But then when I let them loose and I'm like, all right, you go be a mini lacrosse person or you go be a lefty pitcher or righty pitcher or you right-hand right hand batter or switch hitter, you're going to have more bat speed. It's universal because it have a shape. It's just speed, which is miles per hour. So we take the general most dominant stuff from the world of Olympic sprinting and we apply it to any sport, and it guarantees makes them fast. It's like guaranteed. And here's the funny part. Wow. The reason why it works, and people are like, yeah, 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 you and your guarantees. But the beauty is this. No one knows how to run right, so we'll never go out of business. Uh, they I all run wrong. So, you know, so wait, could you help Ray and, Tay, Ray and Tay for the uh, Rich, Rich Eisen uh, 40 time if we want to make some videos for the combine? <laughs> we we can Ray you. and Tay need to uh, make us uh, <laughs> Twitter stars. <laughs> I'm not running in my gym, yeah. so I'm running yeah, in my gym. Yeah, we're not running We'll have to put yeah, on some like new balance, maybe, but. Yeah, I have you flying, catching cabs, you know, all kinds of things. <laughs> uh, let me great, ask you this. So all of this stuff makes a lot of sense, and when you explain it the way you do and you have your techniques, it's great. But how do you get the pro athlete to listen? 
the pro athlete to really change what he's been doing since he was a boy and maybe even since high school. And especially when you're a guy coming with a, a completely different discipline coming from, from the track world. So how do you get the athlete to listen to you? Well, first, you got different tiers, and we kind of talked about it, but sharing with the public. My goal is God bless and thank God for people like the Derry Teachers of the world, who I'm a big fan of, or Michael Jordan, obviously I'm a big fan of, and all the guys that are Hall of Famers and have done their thing. The goal is they're doing it and did it. If you're really nice with it, you can make more cheaters. You can make more Jordans. You can make more whoever's, right? So the trick is the superstars that are already there that got the big contracts, they're kind of good. They're like, you know what, I'm good. Unless it's time, there's a, you know, a motivating factor of the new contract or the guy that that's right. I'm about to say free agency. <laughs> right. So when the check when the check potential is there, then they're like, yo, I got to get fast because the numbers is what represents whatever the the payout's going to be. Representative agent that's going at the team saying, pay my client. So I'm I look at it as like a banking situation. Speed, yeah, yeah, it's speed running, it, but it's really. Speed is really the monetization piece of all sports, period. You don't sit behind home plate to watch somebody throw a 50-mile-an-hour batting practice ball. You want to see a 100, like Chapman or whatever. So what happens is if they know that, and it's taken some time to amass examples because speed's invisible, but when people hear, yeah, you made a dude throw 100 miles an hour in six months. Yeah, you made a dude run 6'2 in four months. You made a dude, you made a dude, you made a dude. They go, okay. This is not a gimmick because we've done our research and he's got dudes he's made that we didn't know about. Yeah, he, so he keeps making you know, dudes. <laughs> you need a T-shirt. He keeps <laughs> making dudes. <laughs> I like that. And then the beauty of it is you can't you can't fake it because the numbers. We the reason why I like to say I teach speed or I sell speed is it keeps me honest. Not that I never would be, but athletes' dreams and lives and families are related to this stuff. So if a guy makes yeah. it, it's an, an economic empowerment tool. It's real deep. So because yeah. my dreams oh, yeah. came true, I got to I gotta keep it 100 for the new guy. So the number is this. Hey, man, I run a 40, I run 4.6. And then I go to work, and then he runs a 4.32. Well, then he got faster. So what happens is these things have amassed, and people are looking. They're really, they're looking for instant solutions without – Without the, the PED stuff, we don't mess with none of that because you're going get to get your head knocked off. So what happens is the real model is you're looking for this and you make them, right? So you get the kid that may not necessarily be fast and make them the fastest guy. You make the kid who throws 91 that aspires, maybe one day I could throw 96 and make them throw 100 and make them a first-round pick. And then what happens is the pros go, whoa, you made young boy do that and he got that? Well, what can you do with me? Well, here's how it goes. Your first year was great. Now you're up for a renegotiation or, or even guy that's about to arbitrate. It's all about what's on the come, and speed dictates, period. You know, if you had a hell of a year, you got a bunch of strikeouts, and now you're hitting 100 miles an hour, well, then guess what? Those executives are going to have to cut checks. So it's about really – Raising, I like to call it this thing I came up with, raising a guy's sports asset value, and there's a whole lot of guys that aspire to get that. So there it is. The pros that have the big-time contracts, they're good. They're like, yo, man, what are you going to tell a guy that's got $100 million? Like, what, what are you really going to tell him? You're going to make him one second faster? They're not going to give him an extra million for it. 
So you really don't – if you want to be a guy, as I was told by Ray Negron from the Yankees, you could be someone's guy if you want to. You can run around and be in their shadow, and you can get on the private plane with them and be their dude and run around and go do all that stuff. Or you can make dudes and kind of chart your own course. That's kind of what I do. So, but where do you meet – like, this is the thing. So let's say – I guess it, some of it is preference, but is your relationship – through the athletes you've already worked with or are you connected with agents? Do you look for new people? And obviously you do because it's also bread and butter and and food on your table. Mm -hmm. But, like, what's Mm -hmm. the process? How do you find people or how do people find you? And do you have, like, a rule of someone you would not work with or preferences of high school, college kids, community college, junior college? Give us the breakdown of that. All right. We start with this. Just like they said, money doesn't have a problem finding a home. Well, speed is money, right? What a guy wouldn't do to run 4-2, what he wouldn't do to throw 96 as a lefty, what he wouldn't do, he'd do anything. So my model was instead of starting from the bottom, that's why I came up with the Fusioneering name. I had to create something. So Fuse is the sound of speed. I'm an engineer of speed. You put it all together, you do Fusioneering. So I had to come up with that to separate myself from people who do, like, agility or whatever they do. I just do one thing. Right. And people go, yeah, right. So we do that. So I don't have a preference. Somebody that's hungry, that wants a shot, I'll help you. And a lot of times, like, you know, stuff I, I do with, with uh, the Players Association and USA and those guys, when opportunity, I broke my ankle, so I can't really train train right now. But my goal is to start from the top, and it goes like this. If you can get past and meet the bar of, I guess, performance and, and, and all the stuff that NFL level, they're the most astute. You can't BS them. And they're going to be like, all right, if you sing, then sing. And you start singing. They're like, wow, you can sing. So I started from the top, and I proved it with guys that well, yeah, they say were bums. And I turned them into you know, stars at the speed. They had the skill. So what happens is when you're at the top of the food chain, the food chain speaks, and when they speak, they speak down because they're trying to bring things up. So if you have somebody that's the president of the Players Association or like a big-time cross-checker or a GM from a team saying, hey, Scott Lovelace is the truth, that speaks volumes, and you don't have to go through the jousting sessions of is he real because the realist said he's real, and you must be crazy. I'm talking D1 coaches, guys like Jerry Manuel, serious dudes that are not there to play around. So what happens is, he doesn't have a hard time finding a home or someone that wants to court it. So they come find me. I don't, I don't, I don't solicit. I kind of like operate covertly because people will tell you what they want to, what you want to hear, but there's a real lifestyle and a real work ethic. And I like to be cloaked and they go, ah, who is this dude? I've never seen him on no team. And then, you know, they kind of show who their true colors are. And I'm really like the, like, if you want to call it the cheat sheet, cheat sheet to success with the speed thing, a lot of bozos kind of play themselves. And I'm like, oh, nah, sorry, thanks. And I go look for somebody that's cool, got a good sense of humor, that wants to do the work, and I put them on. And that's how it works, you know? That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Man. Yeah, we, we'd love to have you train us. Man. We, we're not you, competing to play in the NBA NFL anymore, <laughs> but, you know, 
We got well, listen, I got four boys, so I might, I might really have to uh, start talking to you. I got four sons, and uh, it's all about speed. And they, they definitely, uh, they, they, they need that speed. But uh, that's. So let me ask you this, though. You know Is what? There one. I want oh, go to ahead. say something, guys. One, one very important thing, because we're having fun. And speed is like jazzy and flashy. It's very Porsche and Range Rover, all that, right? But there's a serious side to it because of this. I was given information, given and blessed by my coach, and you know, I'm like, I was like with the Oracle, you know, of of speed, Norm Tate. You were like Keanu and, like, Reeves in, totally. the, in the I, Matrix. I, I, I kind of like to say it's like this. My no, Mr. Miyagi, Dr. Walker. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, nah, even deeper. His coach, who was Dr. Yeah. Walker, was Yoda. And my Yoda. coach was yeah, Obi-Wan. So I'm Luke. You know what I mean? There you go. I, I like it. I got to make, yeah, I got to make young Jedis out here. So, because if I don't, the information will die. So I, That's I, right. I when you get a gift, you got to share it. Yeah. You got to share it or it's going to die because it was given to me. So I have to share it, but here's the cool piece. I learned that sports sometimes can be highly subjective, you yeah. know, and it's a, it's a weird world out here. And, you know, a kid that could get a shot, he may not get a shot because he doesn't have the money to get to some showcase or play for some expensive travel team or whatever, whatever. So yeah. what I learned in this short period of time, and it's very important that people know, you, it's, like, it's like a $100 bill. You leave the house with a dollar and you come back with a 100 you feel good. That's speed. So what speed really is, because I, I was an innocent kid, didn't know where I was going. And next thing you know, I ran super fast and I wind up in Tempe, Arizona. I was like, wow, how'd that happen? Because I was fast. So speed, while it, it's pros and careers, what it, for me, the part of the give back is it's an economic empowerment tool. It's invisible. Because little Ray Ray or little, little Jose or little Isaac, that maybe he, he may be a white kid somewhere. He doesn't. There's a lot of people out here with no money. I'll put them on, and next thing you know, you threw 96 miles an hour. It's like your, your parents were both making six figures, and guess what? You get to go. So my ability, and I do it remotely sometimes. Like I got kids in Panama that I get drafted or get, you know, they sign free agents, and they're living in shacks. That's awesome. And it's crazy wow. because you walk in like we're in, we're in a place in Dominican Republic back in the day called Mameas, and this kid is like looking at me like, you know, like I'm like Noah in the arcs outside, and he heard – that, uh, you know, the, 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 the storm's coming, please, mister, help me. I get the kid to run like 6'4". He gets free agent signed. He goes with the Texas Rangers, and he's able to feed his family. So this speed stuff is deep, man. It's kind of like, you know, like fish for people. It, it, it really helps them. So I just really had to share that. It's not just some fly guy that's like, yeah, I'm big-time sports. It really helps people. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely, man. And, you know, and we can feel not just – through your energy and just your your words that you're sharing, but you see, I always say the light, you know, connects with the light and the positivity. And to me, your clients or your friends, your family members, you know, meaning the people you work with, because I'm sure they become all those things to you. It's yes, it is life changing. And I think, as like you said, if you're teaching them. You know, you teach the man to fish instead of buying him fish. That's a lifetime, and it's, so it's always reciprocal, and the universe will always send it back to you. So I think that's uh, that's that's just the best. That is the best. Well, listen, yeah. I, 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 Tay might be hitting you up with these four boys, so <laughs> I'll definitely uh, let you know. 
that, that, that means oh, I get man. to. That, that, I'm, 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 a, I'm a constant recurring on the on the Ray and Tay show. Well, let's, uh, let's exactly. do it. Well, we'd exactly. love to have you. And plus, we got to talk some of the some of the stories that we heard about some of the athletes. We we got to finish up with our with our football preview. But Ed, yeah. let us let the audience know how to reach you, uh, and yeah. where you know where you can be found. And if somebody knows of a young prospect or somebody that wants to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Okay, so um, I like the IG thing, you know, and uh, just hit me up on IG at GoGo at Lovelace. You can catch that worldwide, you know. You can have an iPhone or a, a rent-a-center computer, and you get me that way. Um, or uh, that's the easiest because I'm, I'm I'm all over the place. I'm based in L.A., family's in New York, my, my son's in L.A., so, you know, I'm L.A., so just that way. Um yeah, at GoGo at Lovelace. That's that's the best way. Um, emails. I'm not a big email guy. I took down the site. So okay. yeah, I, Instagram. And then you're on the Twitter too, right? That's yes. GoGo at Lovelace. At GoGo yeah. at Lovelace. Okay. Yeah. Right. And, and hang in there, man. I, I know for a guy who who uh, who was all about the wheels and all about the legs, you know, bro- broken ankle. That must be tough. What'd I you, did. What'd you stop. break? What What'd you break? Oh, man. Brooklyn. Tib and fit. I, I did tip fit, man. Right ankle uh, broke it, broke, on it slipped on the black ice it? in New York. Oh, dude, yo. That's why I'm in Arizona now. <laughs> the, yo, the invisible ice is crazy. So, yeah, man, I was I was in Brooklyn, and, you know, it was a cold-ass day, and just whoop, whap, whap, uh, bam, broken six places. Uh, I can walk now, but I can't I can't run yeah. like I used to just yet. But, yeah, Brooklyn, okay. Brooklyn's hard body. There you go. Oh, man, so All when right, you man. went to L.A., you said I had enough of this? Huh? <laughs> I said you went out to L.A. because you said you had enough of the cold. You know what? I, I went out. Hey, my son's out there, but, you know, opportunity. and I'll never let go of New York. That's its own world. So a lot of people right. just break out. That's, so that's my exactly hand's always that's how I, am. I never yeah. let go. Every, I'm 212 until I drop. But, you know, you <laughs> can't run fast in the cold. can't run fast in the cold. So <laughs> I, 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 I do my thing out there, and fortunately I – it's kind of turned into a worldwide thing and, you know, opportunities are coming now that my ankle is kind of getting back right. So it, it went from 212 to the 011 and then the rest. <laughs> so there you go. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. We thank really you, appreciate Ed. it. We'd love to have you back. We'd love to have you jump yeah, in definitely. and we'll talk some sports with you too. I mean, obviously we wanted to give everybody a forum to understand what you do, but, yeah, you, you're yeah. a huge – Besides training sports people, you're a huge sports fan yourself. So, oh. yeah, we definitely oh, want yeah. to talk some sports, too, on a, on another oh, good, occasion. Good. We'd love to have you back. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, you're All right, man. Uh, it's been Thanks fun. All right. Awesome, and, uh, hey, hey, take care. One time, one time, one time. Give me a favor. Just give me a fusioneering, y'all. Everybody says that that's my thing. Just say it one time. Fusioneering, y'all. Let me hear it. Fusioneering, y'all. Fusioneering, y'all. Ah, I like it. I would have to tweet that out. I like it. Yeah, fusioneering, y'all. Peace. All right, guys. All right, peace. Thanks, appreciate it. Later. All right. That was awesome, Ray. Fusioneering, y'all. Go, go, Fusioneering, y'all. Listen, you know how New Yorkers do, and speed is everything. And when you want to talk about speed, I think it's the perfect segue to Ezekiel Elliott, who's got speed, agility, and strength. The Dallas Cowboys are speeding their way on to the NFC playoffs. If Tampa Bay, I think, loses this Sunday, the Cowboys will have clinched. This is the first time ever in history they've won 11 in a row with all the great teams. 17-15, big win 
But what did you think about the blown call at the end with Sam Bradford getting hit? And also it was a false start, so the play shouldn't even counted. That, and then at the same time, I think it's a great win where people are saying they struggled because, to me, it was a playoff atmosphere. Minnesota needed to win. They're on the road, hostile environment. They didn't play well and still got the W. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, Bless Cowboys you. got Bless me all worked up. Yeah, so, you had to let the speed out your nose. <laughs> glasses half full or glasses half empty, right? Cowboys have won three games in 12 days. They didn't dominate any games, so that's glasses half empty, but they found a way to win with a rookie quarterback, a rookie running back. Now, the last play of the game, the full start bothers me more than the hit to the face because, frankly, it didn't affect the play, right? The the hit to the face was well after the ball was released, and it didn't hit. It should have been a, It should have been on the two-point conversion. Right, he was just the ref was in the wrong position. Right, you're right. In the wrong but you position. can't miss the false – you can't miss no. the, the offensive lineman. He was clearly, I mean. Right. So, so look. It's a bad year frankly, for referees, right? It really is. And I think during the game I read that the NFL is looking at making 17 referees full-time. And I guess eventually, you know, a $10, $12, 13000000000 billion product, these referees have to yeah. be full-time. So, it's got it. Uh, the Cowboys are doing enough to win. But even when you see them win, you got to take – some comfort if you're somebody other than the Dallas Cowboys in the fact that they're beatable, you know? I, I'm not scared of the Every, Dallas well, Cowboys. Cowboys. We, everyone keeps saying it, but we got to see it happen. And maybe next week when they play the team that beat them, we could see, you know, against the New York Football Giants. We'll see. We'll see. Let's talk about a team that potentially can face them later on. We start with the Kansas City Chiefs at the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are favored by three and a half. You know, it's about Matty Ice, Julio, who doesn't have bad back-to-back games. So you've got to believe this week he should do well. I don't know if Marcus Peters, he'll play. I don't know if he's 100%, and I don't know if he's going to travel with Julio. That will be the issue. At the end of the day, I think the Chiefs got supreme confidence and Justin Houston back, who is a monster. And I think the Chiefs go into Atlanta. They frustrate them. They hold the possession because they can run the ball on the Falcons, and they find a way to win with Tariq Hill, Travis Kelsey, and them boys. I think the Chiefs, I want to call it an upset, but I think they win 24-23. Kansas City, Andy Reid gets it done. Ooh, well, he better because I picked up Alex Smith. Can you believe that I have to win this Oof. game for fantasy and Marcus Mariota is on bye? Bye, So my yes. next quarterback is Andy Dalton and A.J. Green, Adriel Jeremiah is down. So I yeah. picked up Alex Smith. Now, am I supremely Ooh, got confident? Well, he wasn't available. Am I supremely confident in this? No. Mm. Um, this Atlanta team can score, and when they're home, they're tough. So I'm actually going to go the other way. I'm going to say that the Falcons win. I think that the Chiefs play great at home. They play – the defense travels, but I still think that Atlanta's got something for them. So I I have the Falcons winning in a pretty high-scoring game. I'll say 29-23 Atlanta Falcons. Okay, now before we get to this next game, just quick notes. Paxton Lynch is starting. Trevor Simeon is out. 
So that should be interesting in that Jaguar game. And the Gronk is probably just completely done for the season. There's a little glimmer, AFC Championship or Super Bowl, but the family is very concerned, which why it was a joint press uh, release, that the third yeah, surgery on the Watt. back. Watt came back yeah. sooner than yeah. he probably should have. You can't play with the backs. Down. A lot of people saying, Ray, that they don't think he'll, he'll get back, but he, they don't think he'll ever be the same again. And that's just a shame because he's already had a Hall of Fame career and you kind of want to see him put a little bit more of a stamp on it. So let's get to these Lions, man. This this might be the game of the week. It could be the fantasy game of the week. Um, the Saints are still alive, and Drew Brees is a potential MVP candidate if they could ever get into the playoffs. Five-and-a-half point spread, I think that's much. But i got to say this, I think the Saints are on a roll. And just like the Lions beating Minnesota, I don't know if they can handle that success on the road. And I think they kind of trip up on themselves. They, they don't let the Saints cover the spread, but um, Michael Thomas is killing it as a rookie. Could be rookie of the year if it wasn't for Ezekiel and Dak, right? And Cooks and Coleman and, and, and Ingram and all these backs and just everywhere. Drew Brees is, you know, 70% accuracy. He's killing it. So I'll say they wind up winning this game, Ray. You ready for this? I'll say, well, I was going to say 30-27, but I just think it's it's even more. I'll say 31-28. How about that? And Fantasy. my boy Lutt gets studs in this game. Oh, yeah. Fantasy, 300 yards, both quarterbacks, and, and Cooks wakes up after doing nothing last week, and uh, Lutz kicks a field goal to win at the end. 31-28, Saints win, Lions cover the spread. So I think Marvin Jones is a little banged up, um, but I think he'll yeah. play. Uh, same with... He hasn't Marvin done anything Jones. anyway lately. It's all about Anquan Bolden, baby, the veteran. Yeah, and and that's and that's where I was going with this is that <laughs> you need explosiveness to beat the, Atlanta, the New Orleans Saints. Now the New Orleans Saints are only three and three at home, right? This isn't the the New Orleans Saints of five years ago that played in the Superdome and was really untouchable at home. So they're beatable at home. I just don't think the Lions can do it. The Lions do are coming off a lot of rest, right? They had the Thanksgiving Day game. They look good. But too much Saints, too much offense, too much boozy. So I think at home, just too much. I think it'll be a shootout. I'll I'll say the Saints put up 33 and uh, the Lions put up 30. So I'm saying even more than you. I'll say go with the over on this game. Uh, <laughs> big props, Michael Thomas. Uh, I think ultimately in the fourth quarter it comes down to Mark Ingram and making first downs and keeping the ball out of Matt Stafford's hands, who is, by the way, one of the best come-from-behind quarterbacks in the league. But I think, still think Detroit is not ready to do this on the road. New Orleans Saints win. All right, we got a couple more games. This one, we we got to talk about it because it's one of the hottest teams in the league. The Miami Dolphins are going to the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are favored by three and a half. Both these teams are fighting for playoff spots. They're actually both playoff teams as of now. And I think the Dolphins' defense is ready to turn the corner. I think the Ravens' defense and their team has played over their heads all season. And I love grown man strength, Steve Smith Sr., but I think what's going to happen is Jay Ajayi will actually be able to run on the Ravens where most people aren't because the Dolphins' offensive line is improving. 
and I think Adam Gase will have enough plays. Now, Jarvis Landry's had a down year, but it, luckily Kenny Stills has been catching bombs, and Devontae Parker is, is, is finally becoming that first-round pick. So I say the Dolphins win a tough uh, battle, a rough game, 23-20 over the Baltimore Ravens. So I'm going to say as a Steeler fan, you're going to be upset with me, but your boy, Mike Wallace, is going to come back to Ooh. bite you in the behind. And Ooh. Joe Flacco's going to find him. Dude! I think these Dolphins are playing over their head. I think the Ravens are playing over their head. Both of these teams are not really legitimate. But look, record-wise, 7-4 and four against 6-5. and five. I think the Ravens win this game at home. Tight game. I think it's going to be low scoring, though. I'll say 22-17, Baltimore Ravens. Another potential game of the week, the Bills at the Raiders. You're talking about probably the way the Dolphins and Patriots are a must-win for the Bills on the road. Raiders are you know, a little bit better of a road team than a home team, although they had a big comeback win or you know, big win over the Panthers when the Panthers came back. They held on. Derek Carr is a hero to most. He's healthy. I think three-and-a-half points, it's actually too much. This is going to be a, a, a close fighting game because – they cannot stop the run, the Raiders. And McCoy is going to do it. Him and, and Mike Gillespie, they'll be doing it. But I think Khalil will get it going at the end. And watch out. Alden Smith might be back next week. This Raider team could get very good, very fast. Raiders win a tight one, 26-24. But the Bills cover the spread. You know what? The Raiders have the Chiefs on Thursday. And I think they're going to be looking past the Bills. I'm not sure they're ready on prime time. They got to prepare for the for those Chiefs, baby, for the division. They're going to look past the Bills. Sexy Rexy plays his best and has his teams playing their best when the shifts are all on the table, when their back is to the wall. And you know what, Tyrod Taylor and and Shady McCoy and the new and improved, healthy Sammy Watkins. Too much, too much. Robert Woods, too much. I think that I think they go into the black hole, beat Oakland, twenty-seven, twenty-three. Go Bills, go. My favorite game of the weekend: the New York Football Giants, one of the hottest teams in the league at eight and three, going to the Pittsburgh. Five and a half points is the spread. These spreads are too high. i got to go with the underdog again. But I think the same draft class, Ben and Eli, back in 04, I think Ben gets it done again. They're both battling to get their third Super Bowl, and I say the Steelers get there and Ben gets there before Eli, if either of them get there. The Steelers win. This is a wide receiver, Souffle, Antonio. You're going to see Le'Veon, Shepard, Odell. Steelers win this game. 30 to 27, a field goal, Boswell wins the game. So we might have two transcendent receivers in this game in Beckham and Brown. Oh, yeah. I think they offset each other. Roethlisberger's better than Manning. I think he plays slightly better than him. The difference to me is Le'Veon Bell. He's the best player on the field. He does the most damage from the most positions on the field. And Pittsburgh will have too much for the Giants. The Giants have won six, what is it, seven in a row now? Um, they are ready. Maybe They'll looking be looking ahead to Dallas. Dallas. 
Exactly. So I like the Steelers in this game. High-scoring game, I'll say 30-27 to 27 Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, so the show's over, but we just got to – I just got to say this. I think Arizona beats Washington. I got Tampa upset in San Diego to keep it going on the road. Maybe not an upset, but I think it you know, might surprise people. I think they keep it going. And I have Seattle finally putting the nail in the coffin on the Panthers and winning that game, Russell and Jimmy Graham. Who you got in those three games? So also think Seattle at home too much. Um, what else? Game? What other game did you have? You had the Tampa uh, Chargers. Tampa, Tampa Chargers. Chargers. You know what? I love Tampa, but for some reason, San Diego knows how to put it together, especially at home. I think they win, and both teams go to six and six. And then and, Washington and Arizona. No Jordan Reed. Oof. Jordan Reed's their best player. But you know what? I think Arizona's done. I think they're just Ooh, done. They're, they're just they checked out for the season. Four, six, and one. They have no chance. Uh, I, I think Washington wins this game. It's it's okay. an unpopular pick in the desert. Okay. Look for the Redskins. Yeah, there is a, a, a sighting at, at Phoenix Airport for Ray. If he comes in the in the <laughs> city, the state of Phoenix, Glendale, Scottsdale, they are looking for Ray. Oh man! So look, great show. Ed Lovelace, incredible. Was it Fusioneering? Fusioneering, my man. Fusioneering. We got to tweet that out, Ray. I'm going to have you tweet that out. Fusioneering. I love it. It's, uh, you know, great, and it's all about speed, and I think it's great because I can tell that he helps people that, you know, might not be able to afford it. So that's awesome. Ray, I got to say it, man. I'm looking forward to these college football games, and secretly I want Michigan to get in there. I want mayhem, even though I didn't pick mayhem. But well, I got to say, say, what's the scenario when Michigan gets in? You would have to have Washington lose and maybe Clemson lose. Yes. And then I would say you would have to have Wisconsin win and because Michigan beat them, and you'd have to have Colorado win because Michigan beat them. And then I would say Oak State has to beat Oklahoma because they're one behind them. And then I could see where Michigan has to get in. A lot of things have to happen, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, listen, great show. Have a great sports weekend. And we got to say early happy birthday to Ray. Ray's oh, birthday is Much obliged. Yeah, man. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. So, listen, great sports weekend. And, wow, are you in? That's the question. College football playoff. Check it out Sunday, 12 o'clock. Hey, we're out.